Welcome to a Millennial's Guide to Real Estate Investing. Here is your host, Antoine Martel. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of A Millennial's Guide to Real Estate Investing. Uh, today I have my friend and buddy, Anthony Sandoval. He is a local Los Angeles house flipper. Uh, he's flipping around a house a month right now. Um, he started four years ago, same time frame as me, um, but very different model. Um, so it'll be interesting to pick his brain today about how it is to flip houses in Los Angeles compared to flipping houses <laughs> out of state. Uh, so thanks so much for coming on on the podcast today. Great. Thanks for having me. No worries. So I like to get started always with just your story. So how you got into real estate investing four years ago um, and what got you interested in real estate investing? So basically, the the beginning of our journey was uh, about you know almost four years ago, and basically I came to a point in my life where, you know, did the college thing was in my career. You're kind of hitting a point where you're either gonna stick to the usual or you're gonna go left and just uh, try this uh, uh, entrepreneurship. And so basically, the gist of it is. Uh, I saw something, I uh, went ahead and went for it, and the first, our first deal ended up yielding double what we thought we were going to make. And so right away I thought, okay, I think I'm on to something good. Let me, let me continue this and see where it goes. And basically, you know, I, I'm first generation here in the States, and so my parents aren't well off. So I wanted to retire them. And basically what I did on that first 100K deal was basically roll over that money and retire them in Palm Springs. And basically the rest of the money that was left, uh, you know, went back into the company. I didn't touch it at all. Um, I still had my full-time job. And so slowly through the trajectory of each incoming year, we ended up scaling more and more. And so, you know, as you're scaling more and more, um, you're going to go through a lot of ups and downs. And so, you know, you're, it's a dynamic business. And so you have things like, you know, good days and bad days. I need to fire this person versus not. So basically, uh, once the right team, uh, you know, things start going smoother, you're able to scale much easier. Um, and, and you can, learn from all the mistakes previously done and, you know, be able to run a smooth operation. Got it. Uh, in that sense. So that first, but that first deal, so did you have, were you in college still or did you just graduate? You had a full-time job or what was the yeah, how, what so was your I was situation? A, so basically it was, uh, you know, out of college, I was in my career a couple of years in. And so, you know, you're, you know, you're, I was making good money. It's not like I wasn't or I was desperate, but yeah. you know, you, you kind of see what else is out there. And, and I think that kind of separates, you know, the, the driven people from the complacent people. You know, some people are just fine, just, you know, 401k. Yeah. I'm going to work till I'm 60, 65 and retire. <laughs> but I think, you know, it's in everyone's personality. You either have it or you don't. Yeah. It's, it's that simple. And so I reached a point where I was like, okay, what's next in my life? And can I take it to the next level? And I think that's what kind of drove me. Like, you know, I see a lot of people, you know, that are really well off, 
you know, retiring their parents. And that was my goal. My number one goal was to, you know, try to get them uh, a, a beautiful house to retire in, yeah. in warm weather. Uh, I mean, they worked hard their whole life just yeah. to get me into college. And so I think it was it was only fitting for me to think outside the box and just break out of the career thing and into that entrepreneurship mentality. Got it. And then when do you, do you still have your full-time job today? No, I actually don't have a full-time job. So what I do now is go to the my job once a week sometimes, if that. <laughs> kind of more like I'll go in for the purposes of, because I love what I do, right? Yeah. And so <laughs> I, I go once a week. If not, sometimes I don't even show up. But no, they love me so much. They like my energy. I'm always positive. I, I always, you know, you know, I think they bend the rules quite a bit for me, even though mm-hmm. I, I don't go much. They, you know, they, they kind of want me where I am. So you I were think the, it's a good balance. You were in the medical now. field, right? What kind of job yeah. was it? Yeah, so correct. So I'm in the medical field and uh, basically I work in the CT surgery department. So, you know, it's 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 a dynamic process, too. So yeah. uh, there's different like, types of involvement. There's full time, part time and per diem. And so I went down in levels and try to work less so I can focus more on my business. And now you're at another crossroads where like, am I getting ready to quit my job versus do I want to keep it for security? Do I have all the stuff in place for me to do that yet? And so you reach a point and you got to just you know, balance all, all your options and, and, and make the right decision. Now, I don't recommend people quit right off the bat when they, first enter into real estate just because they had a good deal. Uh, it is exciting, don't get me wrong, but there's everything has its right place in the right time. And when someone um, reaches that crossroads, you know, they gotta see their options and make sure they make the right decision. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So talk to me then about that first deal. So you were working, you know, full time, you found, you got interested in real estate somehow, and then how did you find that first deal? How did you fund that first deal? And how are you confident enough to even do a flip in LA and get all that hard money? How did you, how did that whole first deal come about and work? All right, so so basically, uh, you know, so I had taken this online course and I went to a seminar and I, I did all the training. So I wanted to dive into this correctly. I didn't want to do the whole trial and error, see what works, see what doesn't work. It's going to take you twice as long to do that. So what I did was right away started attending seminars, started looking at online videos. Then I I, uh, took an online uh, uh, seminar-based course, did all the online training. Then I felt like, okay, I think I'm ready. I think I got the foundations. I think I know how to analyze the deal correctly. Uh, let me reach out to real estate agents. So this agent brings me my first deal. Needless to say, we ended up picking it up pretty good. Uh, I called my coach at the time. I ran the deal. I ran the numbers. Uh, and he goes, you know, it's it's a solid deal. It's not the best deal. Oh my God, it's a slam dunk. Yeah. But it's not a bad deal at all. It's solid. It's not thin. You're okay. I say you go for it. And I told him, you know, coach, I do have one problem though. He goes, I'm not really entirely done with the course yet. Should I take this even though I don't feel like I'm completely ready? And you know one thing he told me? Yes. <laughs> he told me, he told me, 
even if you're done with that course, either you're ready now or you're not because no one's ever really ready. Yep. No one's really fully ready. You got to calculate your risk. You're never going to be fully ready. Yeah. You're never going to be fully ready for anything. Yeah. You could be studying this the same thing. <laughs> You're not going to be any more ready than you are then than you are now. Yeah. So I said, okay, you know what? I'm going for it. So, you know, we, we had a, got our verbal okay. We went into the deal. Now, the deal was a cosmetic. Uh, you know, this is the way we structured the deal. Okay. My partner at the time said, I like this deal. He's a wealthy guy, always network, by the way, always network, always surround yourself well with, with people that are operating at higher levels than you are, that are business savvy. Um, and then, you know, it's the rule of proximity. It starts rubbing off on you when you surround yourself with people that are like-minded, they're go-getters, uh, things of that nature. So he not only wanted to end the deal, he put in the purchase price for the first project, and I came up with, uh, I think it was like $40,000, $45,000 of the rehab. So we didn't use any hard money at all. We said, you know what, let's try to do this on our own. We'll do this JV venture. Let's get it. Great. Needless to say, we were going to make about 40 50 profit, you know, in a, in that three-month course, and we ended up exceeding that, and we made double Wow. Literally double what we thought we were going to make. Wow. So that tells us something. You know what? If you calculate your risk right, you'll come out fine on the other side. Yeah. You don't buy with feeling based on numbers. And so we made double the earnings and that kind of, you know, was a very amazing morale boost. Um, and, and, and then after that, the second deal, we ended up making $200,000 net. You know, and it, it just started exploding. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so, it, it, you know, it allowed us to fund other stuff, uh, build up our liquidity. So, you know, you don't have to be stuck sometimes with having to borrow really expensive money. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it gave us a leeway. So, you know, it's one of those things where when you look at a deal and, and inkling feeling that it's not the right deal, it's most likely not the good deal for you. Yeah. So. You know, always, you know, look up to those that are already in this business and ask them for advice Yeah, is what I say I would do. Yeah. All right. Awesome. So first deal was a joint venture. Then you used those funds you kept doing. Did you continue doing joint ventures or did you eventually yeah, transition? So I, correct. So basically we went on to uh, do a couple more joint ventures. And so my partner was basically came to me and said, look, man, I know you're really hot on this flipping business thing yeah. and, and I understand you want to scale but my tolerance level is much lower than you because I'm much older you know younger people take more risks older people take less risks that's just the name of the game so he goes why don't we do this I want to do actually new builds I only want to do new construction they're more fruitful sure they take longer but I can do one at a time um, let's do that I know you want to keep scaling and, and that's fine um, and he even gave me his blessing. So enter SoCal Homes LA. So then enter SoCal Homes into the scene. We open up a new LLC and that was strictly for flipping and wholesaling, right? And then that's kind of where it really exploded. I'm doing, you know, I'm, we're getting our acquisitions teams getting one of three, you know, 
uh, accepted offers a month. We're picking the most fruitful one. We either wholesale the other one or we end up not taking it. Um, and so then we're doing about a project a month. So we're either buying or selling something each month. Sometimes we're selling two, we're buying one. Sometimes we're buying two, we're selling one. And so if you keep that rhythm uh, going, you're, I mean, you have potential to be cash flowing, you know, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands a month, yeah. if you have a certain volume. Um, sure, we take less when you do volume because we're going to take more deals that are not as good, yeah. but it's all about your team and how well you calculate those numbers so you're not in rough waters. Got it. All right, cool. And so the one thing that I think is on everybody's mind is how the hell is this guy finding one deal a month? Or you said even three accepted offers per month. So you mentioned acquisition team. So what does that mean? And you know, for somebody you know, starting off, how would you recommend, how are you finding your deals and how would you recommend somebody who's just starting off who wants to flip in LA or the Bay Area or San Diego or some very expensive market? How would you recommend going about getting those deals? Correct. So this strategy is universal. It can be uh, executed anywhere in the States, really in any that uh, real estate is uh, hot in. And so basically, it's the rule of networking, okay? When I first started on our first deal, I only had one agent that I was working with, right? And so what I found was that, you know, six months in, you know, a deal will trickle in and another one wouldn't work out. And so don't get me wrong, our relationship was amazing. But if you plan to do one flip at a time, by all means, that's great. That's what you're going to get. If you want to scale to where you're getting one to three offers accepted on a monthly basis, you need to go out there and network, 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 network. You go out, you team up with agents that are just as hungry as you are. They understand your business systems, that, that, that understand your offer system, and then they understand the 70% rule. If they understand those, uh, you know, those simple criteria, then you can have five agents in your pocket. You can have another five agents in your pocket. Let's say you have 10, 10 guys working and then they know that you're not a tire kicker and then they know that you will buy cash fast if the numbers work. So they don't have to worry about all this extra legwork they have to do to analyze deals your way because they know that all it takes is that one deal a month and they're set. And some of them are averaging two, three. It, you know, it just, it's dynamic. And so, the best way to start off in the business is not to isolate yourself and try to do it all by yourself. I know people tend to think, well, I don't have money. I can afford all these people in the team. It's, it's really more like start building the relationships with the real estate uh, professionals out there. Start kind of telling them, you know, this is what I want to do. Um, pitch yourself as something great that you know your stuff, that you, you know systems. Um, and that way, uh, when the right deal comes and this agent has that one pocket listing that he'd rather come to you for, then you're ready with all your funds, your gap funding, so forth. And networking is probably the number one thing. If you're not out there moving and networking, your business is just going to stay plateau or it's just going to die off. You have to always be movement. Movement is life, right? So you always have to be moving and pushing, going to meetups, going to network events, uh, attending stuff like this because 
essentially you don't know if that one agent in that room or that one person in the room might have an off-market deal or a pocket listing that they might have and that could be potentially your next deal got it okay cool and then if you're somebody in los angeles this here going to these networking events and you've you haven't done a deal yet or maybe you're you're on your first deal what would you say what would you say to these agents or realtor to build that rapport and is it really just about building the relationship putting them in your phone book and hitting them up randomly for for deals or kind of how did you play it when you were first starting because now you have the rapport right so you know me and yeah you people hit up. so people come to us now right yeah exactly you and I, they come to us hey i have a deal for you i know you're gonna close there's a bad reputation of investors out there they're yeah. just tire kickers they're, they're not gonna produce results they're not closers yep you and I are both closers, and this is why people come to us. But you have to build that. Yeah. Or you have to build that notoriety and say, hey, the guys at SoCal Homes, those guys are closers. Hey, the, the guys at, you know, at Martel Turkey, those guys are closers. They're yeah. not here to, you know, play games or play around or yeah. drag the time on. But I can tell you this to answer your question. The number one thing I can tell somebody when they're – they haven't done their first deal or they're looking for their first deal is before you do all those things, you have to go and prepare yourself yeah. and have all this stuff ready, meaning your hard money or your private money lender ready to go. They know your business plan. They know your system. They know your criteria. You've already established all you have basically your money ready, right? Yeah. And so when you have your money ready, and you pitch yourself to these new people at these new events, you're gonna say, hey, listen, man, I'm here on this event and I'm looking for my next three deals this month. Why did I say three and not one? Because it's all about the way you present yourself. They don't know if you have the money for all three deals. <laughs> you in your head know, you in your head know that you have money for your first deal. And if your first deal comes great, that's going to fund the next two deals anyway. Yeah. And so when they see a sense of urgency, right, they're going to say, okay, this guy's literally ready. Like agents are dated with, I want to go see a house. And more than half the time, the buyer's not even ready, whether it's an investor or a retail buyer. Yeah. They don't have all their ducks in a row. They don't have their money right. They don't have a lot of things prepared. And so you need to be, you need to set yourself apart by saying, here's my, my, credentials or my credit and I'm have all my stuff, the people that I'm partnering up with, the hard money lenders that I'm using, whatever lender you're using, I have here is my proof of funds. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready to go. I'm not I'm here to to get this deal done. Then that sense of urgency and that, you know, you're coming across as credible, that's what you want before you even start attending these meetings. Now I'm not saying don't attend these meetings, but let's just say a guy says, yeah, I have a deal for you right now. Will you be ready to yeah, take yeah. on this? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because you, you only have one opportunity to you know fuck up that yeah, relationship too. Yeah, and you don't want to blow it. You yeah. don't want to blow it, that's for sure. Yeah, because if they come to you, yeah, I have a deal. You know, and you may not be expecting, hey, I'm looking for deals. I'm looking to buy a house this month or whatever, or three houses this month. And they're, all right, here's a deal. Let's see what you can do. And then you're like, well, fuck, I need to get my LLC and my, you know, it's like, well, exactly. now you blew it. If you don't have any of that stuff, then you're, Trust not, me, you're that... not there. And yeah. I'm saying we're, we weren't there that time. But what we did was establish everything first, get get your credibility up, 
and then and then and just start attending these network events. That's yeah. the only way. But you're, you're right. It's not you cannot be in there and not be ready. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I would say also like to add on to that is like doing the homework. I think you kind of hinted at it, but like not only building the credibility, but also learning as much as you possibly can about single family home flipping, what every other flipper is doing. Hit up yes. a bunch of them on Instagram and say, hey, can I come walk your project? Go pick their brain for an hour. You're going to learn a shitload from just walking through that person's project, right? So just if you're lo- if you're flipping locally, like I'm so envious of people. You who- need to get out there. Yeah, you yeah. Get there. Just get out there and yeah. just network with as many people as you can. And t- people are totally open because they're always looking for investors and people to share their projects. Trust me, if you go and want to take videos or something of somebody's project, they'll let you come and blasted oh they, they they like the attention you know yeah. oh, I must be doing something right yeah. yeah and and so i think also there's a little bit of at the beginning as a new investor there is some discouragement sometimes when people say no i'm too busy yeah and you know i got a lot of those you know i would say hey i want to come out i want to pick your brain you're gonna get some notes. i mean even sometimes me i get inundated with requests I can only do so many because then uh, I'm take it's taken away from my business and yeah. the attention it requires. But every now and then I could, right? But all you need is that one or two people out of the ten you ask. Yep. And those might be the gold mines, and those yep. are the people that you can follow. They don't mind. Uh, you know, you want to come off as, you know, uh, I want to learn as much as possible from you. And you know, you got to stroke your ego a little bit and do it because I'm the type of person that does it. Man, you're operating on at a good level, I want to, you know, follow you, man. I, I only like to follow the top guys in this business. Yeah. And if you do that and you and you and you uh, follow the guys that are, you know, already doing it for, I don't know, three, five, ten, fifteen years. Yeah. You're gonna get a little bit of everything from yep. each person. I agree. And so, are you currently with your projects? Are you guys using hard money? Or are you guys using all private investors? Or how are you funding your deals today? Well, you know, it's our, our focus has shifted a little bit. Uh, so when we first started, uh, it was mainly me, my partner and I. Yeah. Then it SoCal Homes opened, and then it just became all hard money. Okay. And then now, when people see that you're posting your results, when people see the amazing projects you're doing, when people see the amazing work you're doing, when the money stops come starts coming and knock on your door yeah. and so now people are coming to us saying don't use a hard money lender i'll fund this entire deal but in my head i'm like but this deal is a two million dollar deal it's the purchase price in the rehab yeah and they're like that's not a big deal i'll wire the money in from out of seas and let's do it i'm like this is great so when you build that kind of know right where you don't need to go to the bank you don't need to go to hard money yeah. and they're funding your deal straight up. And then they come back and say, I want to spend all my money with you that I have here on this inheritance. And these are people with $20 million in their bank account. They shoot a screenshot of it and send it to us. Yeah. I'm having a problem right now. And my problem is I don't have enough deals to feed the investor need. And that's something that, you know, it's good problems to have. Yeah. Back then it was the other way around. Oh, I have my hard money lenders lined up, you know, but I can't find my first deal. Yeah. Now like, these guys are knocking on my door and I just can't feed the need yeah. per se. Wow. So it's, it's all about putting yourself out there, posting all the great stuff you're doing. We're really busy right now. And I get that. And, and people have their own lives, but if you can, you know, set aside some time, 
to kind of build some notoriety. You know, let's say you're in your first project. Well, you want to document that stuff yeah. for later use because other people are going, well, what have you been working on or what have you yeah. done one yet? Yeah. And you have it here, like here. It's yeah. all here for you. Love it. And so would you recommend getting hard money for somebody just starting? I guess there is no, it's very hard to fund a deal. You know, there's, there's, there's no right or wrong. You're going to have to, on your first deal, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Let's just say theoretically, I didn't have those fifty, forty thousand dollars or whatever to fund that rehab. I would have pushed from that, from my person that's funding the deal. Hey, can you? And I could have, I could have probably borrowed the whole thing. Yeah. Now let's just say you don't have those kind of friends. That's fine. I mean, I was in a great situation and blessed that I kind of surround myself with well-to-do people. But let's just say you didn't have a penny. Yeah. There is a way to do it without a penny out of your pocket. And basically is you have to buy the property right. If you don't buy this property right, meaning at the lowest amount possible to leave enough space for you to borrow the money from yeah. hard money lenders, pay their interest, you're sure you're going to have to raise a little capital on your own. But let's just, I mean, I've seen people take money out of the credit cards and fund that deal. And at the end, they pay it back. And do it that way. I've seen people go to the college roommates. Hey, let me borrow five thousand here. Let me borrow ten thousand here. They pull the money together. I, as the investor, have the fiduciary uh, responsibility responsibility to take care of my my colleagues' money. Yeah. Give them a great return on their investment, and I just funded this deal using hard money and a little bit of gap funding from the people I know close. And it's all about proximity. You're gonna go to the people that are closest to you and pitch them. It's all about the pitch. If you don't uh -huh. have that great elevator pitch, yeah. you better have it ready because they're going to ask you the question. Well, how are you going to plan? Well, how do you plan to do this? How do you plan to do that? What are you going to do? Wait, yeah. What kind of time? You better, you know, excuse the French. You better have your shit ready yep. in case the questions come and you got to know your timelines, rehab, contingencies, your exit strategy. You got to have all those things yep. because they will, people will ask them. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Okay. And then how how do you guys, compared to last year, how has the market been for you? Have you guys found it a lot harder to find deals so, compared uh, to last year? Yeah, so it, it is a little harder uh, to find deals this time around. Uh, and it also has been a little bit, days of market has gone up. So, yeah. you know, we see some plateau. Hopefully this summer it heats up again. Yeah. But, you know, our properties were sitting on the market, you know, days on market 60, 90, you know? Um, and, and this is why it's so important to buy the property right. If you don't buy this property right, meaning the lowest possible to leave cushion for a rainy day, meaning the extra two, three months that you're sitting out there and it's eating away at your interest with the money you borrowed, you should be able to still come out on top if yeah. you're buying these properties right. You don't wanna be stuck in a thin deal and there's not much left, and let's just say you're 30 days on the market, now you're taking a loss. So you gotta you gotta be able to analyze these deals correctly yeah. so you get in those murky waters. So today, what are you estimating for your days on market for any given property? So everybody, I'm telling all agents, all wholesalers that come to deals with me and, and all this, I'm telling you guys right now, at the bare minimum, 
Days on market is sixty ninety. I don't want to. I don't care if your your property is the shit. It gets <laughs> like that. It's fine, but yeah. I'm putting sixty to ninety minimum okay. on my holding time, and that's just the way it is because I personally had inventory from that dreadful January earlier this year yeah. all the way to about April, and nothing was moving. Nothing was moving across SoCal. So I'm telling these people that from experience. Well, how do you know that? How do you figure that? Have you even seen the numbers? I'm telling you right now, I have four properties on the market in January, and almost all of them sold either in April or even in May. Yeah, that tells me something that the market is shifting and it's plateauing. So you gotta calculate that extra holding time into your analysis of the deal, so that way you still come out on top. And if the deal isn't right, don't try to make it work for it to work for you. Walk away because if you're not buying it at the price you need to with all those um, different criteria that yeah. you have to account for, that that deal's not for you. Got it. Okay, cool. And then what would you say then, you said a little something about margin. So what would you say is a healthy margin right now? 5%, 10%, what are you trying to get? You know, we're a little bit more picky on the stuff we get. Uh, so our margins are way higher than uh, someone that's barely coming in. Yeah. And they're, they're, only, they're comfortable making 10%. Yeah. They're comfortable making 8%. And, and and that's fine. It's everyone's comfort level. But if you're getting 100 deals and you can only take 3, let's say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not going to I'm only going to take the cream of the crop. So we're only looking at 12, 15 and up 18. Sometimes we get 20. Got it. That's amazing. Great. Yeah, yeah. But that's not the everyday scenario. Yeah, yeah. You're going to have to work what you have. But I will tell you this. Um, in terms of, you know, be very, very diligent in the markets you work in. Yeah. Because 100K profit can, be, can go up in smoke like that <laughs> in, a mar- in a market such as SoCal, right? Yeah. And so we at SoCal Homes have to account for those things, okay? You're gonna, maybe you have to do a price reduction. You don't know that. Well, a price reduction on a million dollar, two million dollar home ain't gonna be fifteen k, ten k. Yeah, exactly. That thing goes in forties and fifties. Yeah. And if your profit was a hundred k, and you didn't calculate your ARV correctly, and ARV is after return, you're gonna be in trouble. You know, yeah. this is not a market that you can do ten five k off, and then you're good. It's more like forty fifty at a time. So you gotta kind of account for those things. So you have to really be well-versed in those markets and see what price points you're in. Got it. But you you, you personally are still bullish on the house you know, I, business. I, I, on... Everyone, everyone's saying, you know, 2020 is going to, it's going to, you know, that's when we're going to see it. And, and everyone has to uh, change their strategy, uh, their buying criteria. Uh, days on market is probably going to go up more. Uh, as inventory starts um, staggering. Yep. Uh, and so what I can tell people is this, okay, you got to have an exit strategy, okay? You got to make sure that if this property doesn't sell for what you want it for, then you can at least leave your equity in there, pay back the investors, and hold on to it as an Airbnb, as a rental, whatever you want, Yeah. okay? But just make sure that, you know, Sure, you didn't make profit, but you kept the property. It has good equity. You paid your investors back. You're cash flowing in that deal enough that it's paying the rent. It's paying the you know I mean the rent's paying the mortgage. 
and you're okay. Yeah, You'll yeah. still be okay. Now, if you really absolutely want to have to always have to sell them, that's not a good way of thinking things thoroughly because you're going to have that. Let's just say out of a hundred deals, 10 wrong for me. That's still 90%. I'm still, I'm still on top. Yep. Now, am I going to just take the laws and just take it? No, I don't. If there's enough leeway, I'm going to mortgage that property out and put renters in it. Yeah. So always think uh, exit strategy. Yeah, is leveling off. Uh, in our specific niche, we have a housing crisis here locally, and it's nationwide too. But it's harder. It's more. It's more pronounced here, and in, in especially in LA County, because unfortunately, scarcity is big. Uh, very low inventory. Uh, rental crisis thrown on top of that. Yeah. And so, we are kind of in a position that let's say shit hits the fan. Uh, we can still profit from a lot of different things. Um, and so our, our shift is focusing more on let's not take on these huge 8, 10, 12-month projects anymore. We're adding 1,000 square feet. We're adding 500 square feet. Let's take projects that are six months or less. We can control what happens in that time period. Yeah. Because you know what? When people start taking those one-year deals, anything can happen in one year, yeah. especially on this market. You know, So you don't... I would say as a new investor, get yourself a nice little cosmetic. Uh, be happy with the profit you make. Remember, any profit is a good profit. There's been deals where we only profited 23000 And we're like, well, we didn't take the loss, guys, so that's great. Yeah, yeah. We're used to, and we beat, I mean, I'm very critical of ourselves and the way we analyze deals. I, take, I took that 23000 not so lightly. Um, and I, you know, guys, this is what I was talking about. Let's look, let's look at this post project. Let's sit down and see what happened. And so, I mean, any profit is a good profit. Don't get yeah. me wrong. But as a first newbie, I would definitely say, you know, get yourself a nice cosmetic, uh, project, team up with good, uh, good agents that are investor friendly. Yeah. Um, and that can, uh, bring you your first deal and then, uh, get that going get the experience under your belt and then tackle maybe the, the slightly bigger projects. Uh, but I would suggest not to go anything more than six, eight months. You want to be in and out of there you know, uh, within that margin because a year is too long and anything could happen in a year. Love it. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast today, Anthony. Uh, time's up. But how can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more about you? Um, maybe you can help them learn about how to start flipping houses locally too. So what's the best way, anything else that you want to pitch as well? Yeah, great. So basically we are starting a platform that's going to help new investors like yourself, uh, do the correct systems rehab. We use a lot of technology in, in our teams. Um, and so what we're going to launch soon is, you know, a wholesaling website where you can find your deal. We're going to have a lot of, so Basically, this is the gist of it. We get too many properties and we can only get so many. We're not, we don't have 100 people on our team, right? So we pick one or two of the ones we like. The rest, we wholesale them for you because we better them out. We did our analysis. This is a good deal for you. If you are a first-timer and you want to do this right, here's the uh, rehab uh, education course, okay? Pay the fee. And then with that monthly subscription, you're going to, 
go from A to Z on how to properly run and manage a project correctly at a high level so you're very efficient and you're getting in and out in those timelines that you set yourself at the beginning. So Anthony underscore SoCal Homes is my Instagram or you can find me at Anthony SoCal Homes uh, in uh, Facebook on our business page. And, uh, you know, this is a time where you can come in as a new, this is the 2019 is the biggest year for the most amount of investors <laughs> looking to flip entering the markets. Yeah. And so the, the, the time is now to get in, but do it the right way. You don't want to isolate yourself and try to do this on your own because you're going to have more mistakes, uh, down the line and you're going to get to your goal way longer. And excuse me here. Um, and so basically, uh, basically, uh, the, uh, the strategy would be you go ahead and take the systems, take the education. Uh, we have wholesale deals for you here. Do it like that, build your network out. And then once you build that network out, you're going to be able to get there faster than we did you know, three and a half, four yeah. years ago. And that's the whole gist of it. I think if I had those opportunities where I can learn how to rehab a property correctly, I mean, I would have three of those. Yeah. <laughs> and this is only 2019. Yeah. You know, I would have three for 2019. Yeah. So, you know, do it right the first time and, and avoid yourself the headaches and the pitfalls by analyzing deals correctly uh, using our systems that we, you know, learned ourselves from all the mistakes we made. Yeah. So you learn from our mistakes, so you make less mistakes. Love it. Awesome. Thanks again for coming on the podcast. Everybody go reach out to him, follow him on Instagram. I've seen a couple of his projects too. Walk them personally. He does really good work. So feel free to reach out to him. Um, thanks again for coming on the podcast. All right, guys. Take it easy.